we uh, welcome into the program Jerry Hill, the Director of Sports Journalism at Baylor University. Jerry, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon, Tommy. I'm doing well. You know, as as 2020 goes, and we're in, we're uh, you know midway through December, but as 2020 goes, you just don't know, do you? Yesterday afternoon, about this time, it it didn't look good. At least I don't. It didn't sound good for right. getting this game played tomorrow night, and and now we're going to, and, and that's a good thing. Oh, it absolutely is, particularly for this team. Um, you know, you'd like to kind of end the season on a good note, and and you know, you look at how these you know last few games have gone. You've been in every game. Uh, you got the win over K State. I thought they played really well against Oklahoma, particularly on the defensive side. So you'd like to kind of continue that uptick and and you know kind of leave yourself with a good taste going into the off season, knowing that. You know, you got a lot of these pieces back. You're going to have a lot of guys back, and, and they could really build off this, you know, if, if they can uh, knock off a, a very good Oklahoma State team. Talking with Jerry Hill of the Waco Tribune Herald. Jerry, as, uh, as we don't know the exact, but I mean, we, we understand that it's probably on the coaching side where right. the, where the uh, COVID outbreak was. So, how will that change their game day operation? You know, Tom, not knowing for sure the specific individuals, you know, obviously you're you're going to have some of those guys out. So, you know, how does that affect your your play calling? Your, you know, whether it's on the offense or defensive side, and and you know, you got to make adjustments. Now, the nice thing is, this is not like you know, 1973 or something where you had uh, a head coach and about six assistants, and that was about it. I mean, they've got you know how many ever assistant coaches and graduate assistants and quality control coaches and all those guys. So, um, you know, now we don't have Bob Stoops on hand like Oklahoma last week that they could throw out there for practice and, and, and use him during the week. But, uh, yeah, I think that helps, though, you know, that you do have those other guys that are that are part of your game planning. And, and you know, but certainly they're, they, they may be in a position that they haven't been in all year and maybe ever. So, yeah, I think that could definitely affect things. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think you might have to lean on some of your, you know, leaders on the field, you know, to, to make some of the calls or make some of the changes, you know, there on the field. And, and that's, you know, where you need some of those veteran players that have been around. I guess, Jerry, here's what I want to ask is when you think about the communication and how it, you know, whether the call comes from upstairs to downstairs and then they waggle that in, how do you think, and and, and I know you talk about, and there are multiple guys, you got guys doing analytics Mm -hmm. and you got all those guys doing those roles, but how do you think those roles or the communication side could change when you start thinking about the number of coaches who may not be there for this game? Right, and I think you limit that, you know, Glenn. I think you, I think you kind of limit, you get it down to maybe one voice that you're hearing. You can't have it going from, you know, this guy to this guy, you know, and, and you can't have, you know, like maybe one of those coordinators or something on the phone texting you and then he relays the message and then that kind of thing. I think you've got to limit it to one voice and, and get that in as quick as you can or you're going to see a lot of delayed games, and I don't think you want that. So I, I do think you just kind of limit the voice and, uh, you know, get one signal in and, and again, um, you know, stretch. And I don't know if you've been in this situation where you would, would have coaches out like that, that, but I, I think on any level though, in situations like that, you got, you do have to, you know, lean on those leaders that are on the field that can, 
that can see things and make those adjustments on the fly. It's I, I do think it's going to be a lot more in the players' hands for this game. Jerry, Terrell Bernard's a, a finalist for the Pop Warner Award despite missing a lot of this season with that shoulder injury. What does that say about his body of work in a short sample size? Yeah, Garrett, I think I think he's had a great year, and that that's based on community stuff and everything too. And he's obviously been very involved with the community. But yeah, you look at where he was when he went out, um, you know. And I even think back to Clay Johnston last year. Clay was the second team All Big Twelve pick, and he only played like six games, um, you know. And I think you can say that same thing about Terrell. He didn't get all the games in, but man, when he was out there, he made a huge impact. And again, he is a guy that's done a lot of stuff in the community and 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 academically as well, because it is one of the kind of those all-around awards, you know, that look at academics and all that. So I think he's a two-time first-team academic All-Big 12 pick. Um, you know, he's a guy that's already graduated. Um, you know, and so that's that's kind of where that comes from. But I I think if you just looked at his games that he played this year, I, I really believe, you know, and it's hard to do that on a on a team with a losing record, but he was playing at an All-American level. It's a 5.09, nine minutes after 5 as we uh, roll along here visiting with uh, Jerry Hill. Jerry, I want to go back and talk a little bit about last week. Just the effort that in the in the execution that you saw on the defensive side of the football. Baylor yeah. was really, really good against Oklahoma and really kept him in the football game. Yeah, I thought the defense played unbelievable. And I think for the most part, they've played like that. Now, I will say, the week before against Kansas State, they really struggled stopping the run. And you could see that they did make some of those adjustments and made some corrections there because, I mean, Oklahoma flat out could not run the ball against them. Uh, I think they finished with like 76 yards, 2.3 per rush, and, and they really controlled them. That That's the fewest yards they had, they had uh, had in like five years into the streak of 60 consecutive games of 28 plus points so uh, the, the defense did its job and like I said I think for the most part you can look at a couple of exceptions but they've really kept them in all of the games and given them a chance um, you know got another turnover um, and, and you know so I, I think the defense did its job kept you in the game um, and gave you a chance now the offense just never really got off the ground um, you know, had that one drive there late uh, to score, but just couldn't really get it going, particularly on the ground. Now, you were down to, by the end of the game, you had a guy in there named Jacoby Clark that's a redshirt freshman walk-on. That was your running back that was in the game, and that's not, that's your seventh guy. And, guys, this week, um, with I think Jonah White is scheduled to – to be the starter he would be the fifth different starter that they've had at that position Jerry let me ask you one more football question before we turn the page I'm sure but next weekend being the big 12 championship weekend there's been some rumblings about the U of H maybe trying to reach out to see if Baylor would be interested in playing that game next weekend has that gained any momentum as far as you know I don't think so stretch uh you know I think there was some thought at one point about playing a non-conference game that weekend. Um, but I think with the the injuries that have mounted and just the different COVID situations and stuff, I think they've kind of ruled out the 19th. Now, you know, maybe you get into that week and you decide, no, we need to get one more game in. And I believe they're the only team in the league that will not get 10 games in if they don't play that game. So, I mean, I think there would be, you know, some desire to get it in. But like I said, with the injury situations that came out of that Oklahoma game and the position that you were already in, I don't 
think that they would play another game, and, and I don't think it would be U of H. I know one of the ones they were looking at uh, was Incarnate Word, um, that they're mainly playing a spring schedule, but they, I believe they played maybe one other um, fall game. So I, I don't think it would have been U of H. I think it probably would have been somebody like Incarnate Word. Jerry, the Lady Bears got a nice win last night, and uh, once again, Dejanay Carrington led the way uh, as far as points go. Could you talk about her experience and and how big of a factor that is for this team? Yeah, Garrett. I mean, she's a you know grad tra- basically yeah grad transfer. This is her fifth year in, in college, and she played even a little bit. Wound up basically redshirting last year, but because she didn't play that many games. But you know, she's had four years already. And I think that's huge. And and not just four years of college, but four years at Stanford, mm-hmm. um, you know, which was in the Elite Eight a couple of years ago. She was, you know, one of their – she was an all-pack 12 pick that year when they made it to the Elite Eight. So, yeah, she gives you a – that's a huge boost to an, an experience to a team that doesn't really return a lot from last year, particularly starters from last year's team. So, um, you know, she hasn't started yet, but I think she will eventually be in that – and, and certainly she's in the rotation and has led the team in scoring the last two last two games. And she's given you what they really needed because, you know, with the graduation of Juicy Landrum, they didn't really have a consistent three-point threat. And, and, you know, she definitely knocked them down last, last night. She hit three in that third quarter when they really kind of made the run that, that put the game away. It, 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 their bench outscored West Virginia's bench, what, 26-4? Um, I'm trying to remember what it was, and that's I think that's about right. I, and I'm getting it confused with the the men's game because the men <laughs> the men's bench scored 43 points in that game against SFA. They outscored them 43-13. But yeah, the bench did a great job, and and they do have some good options off the bench. Uh, the Lady Bears do, and certainly with Dejanay. Um, and I, I think some of the other ones will come. Like Hannah Gusters hasn't really kind of got her legs under her yet, but she's a six-five post that. I think at some point in the year she's going to make a big difference, and I think you've seen flashes with the freshman point guard, Sarah Andrews. So, yeah, they do have some nice options off the bench. Jerry, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much for the time, and we we appreciate it and uh, look forward to, uh, to seeing you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Y'all have a great day. You too. Jerry Hill of the uh, Baylor University.